Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. My guest tonight. Are you tired? <laughs> See, now, Jane typed this out, and I, I've explained this a million times. I've never any idea who the guests are going to be until she hands me this in the night. And I purposely do that because I want to be as intrigued or as interested about the guests as she is. And tonight, Anya handed me this. And it says here, and I'm going to read it as it's meant to be read. Are you tired? I know I am. Do you have two jobs? I know I do. And for those of you who don't know, of course, I have two jobs. If you listen, I do the podcast during the day and we do it live every day. And then, of course, I do the radio show at night as well. So I'm talking for six hours a day. That doesn't include the preparation involved in both, by the way. So I'm working about 12 hours a day. I know Celeste is going to have a problem with this in a second. For so many of us these days, working nine to five is just not enough to prop up our lifestyles. That's not because we have fantastic lifestyles or anything. It's because the cost of living is just so high, particularly here in Ireland. Off the back of this, a hustle culture has emerged where we're <laughs> we are constantly being fed hacks and tricks about how we can be more productive and more make more money and make more cash. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? So they tell us. Well, our next guest is someone who rejects the whole idea of the hustle culture, the sidelines. Meet Celeste Lizzie, the visionary and thought leader behind Isn't She Stellar? The absolute game changer in the anti-hustle scene. She's all about flipping the script on the hustle culture, and she joins me now, because if you're as confused as I am, I want to find out. Celeste, good evening to you. Hi, Niall. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. How I, are you? See, you're talking about me, Celeste. This, are you tired? Have you got two jobs? <laughs> are you looking for the next hustle? That's me, Celeste. I'm looking for the hustle. You're looking for the hustle. Tell me more. Why do you love the hustle? Because because you, the the more money you get, the better your lifestyle becomes. Then you want more mm. money to make it a bit better again. You want a nicer car, a bigger house. You know what I mean? And if I could do all those things and succeed in all those things, I'd be really happy. I haven't done it really yet, but I'm getting there some point in my life. I'm 60 now, for God's sake. But I've been hustling all my life. I was gigging in nightclubs as a DJ. Wicka, 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 playing the tunes, taking seven gigs and eight gigs a week just so I could make the extra <laughs> bucks and get a nice holiday. You know what I mean? Totally. I totally know what you mean. Because I used to do the hustle thing too. I worked multiple jobs. I did lots of things, worked day and night. And you said a few things that uh, piqued my interest. You said that the reason why you love hustling is because you like to have nice things. And some of the things that you want, you provided examples like, a car, a better house, right? Mm. And the question I ask you is, how do you define success for yourself? Because what it sounded like was that success means material things that can show you the value of your effort and your work. No, not necessarily. I do like to have nice things if I can afford them. I can't always afford them. Okay. I, uh, but in saying that, success to me is is more than that. Success is not about money. And don't get me wrong, okay. money is great. It's good to make money. And that, of that's a good thing. Of course. Like, I, I do the podcast during the day. It's my own thing, right? Um, I obviously mm -hmm. get paid on the radio. This keep, this is my bread and butter. I get paid. I work in the national radio station. Um, but mm -hmm. the podcast during the day costs me money. But I love mm -hmm. doing it. And it's getting better and better and more successful and more successful. And it will come mm -hmm. to a point, hopefully, 
where I will make some money out of it or I'll make a wage out of it, at least. So, mm-hmm. to me, that's success, that achievement. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. I, I love this question, and this is something I encourage our community to ask ourselves a lot because when we're talking about hustle culture and when we're thinking about, okay, whether or not we want to continue to subscribe to hustle culture or if anti-hustle culture is something that's more for us, we need to think about, okay, what are the values that we subscribe to? And a lot of us haven't even asked ourselves this question because I, I was overhearing this uh, from the last conversation with the gentleman that you had, where it's like a lot of us are conditioned from a very young age to think that work has to look a certain way or that success has to has to look a certain way. And we learn this in schools, right? We learn that if we're working all the time and if we're constantly achieving and if we're constantly productive, that's like that's how we're going to be more and more successful. And in our cultures, a lot of us don't really like break down hustle culture to this level. And like, as I've been going on my own journey, being like, why, why am I working so much? Why am I so, why am I so burnt out all the time? Because it's like, I got burnout. I know, I know that feeling. And then, right. We all, we all know that feeling where we're just so exhausted. And then we go back to work. We're like, oh, okay, I can be productive again. We go back to work and then we, we fall back into that, that cycle, that hamster wheel of like, okay, let me give more than I have. And continue that hamster wheel of like burnout and productivity and burnout and productivity. And we, it, it helps to really like use our self-awareness muscles and say, okay, well, what am I really valuing here? Because the, what, the things that are in our control are our time, our attention, and our energy. And a lot of what we don't realize is that when we're subscribing to hustle culture, we're subscribing to this idea that success is what we can measure economically. That's that's how like our society at large, mm-hmm. especially in Western of course, cultures, yeah. that's what we subscribe to, right? And so when we when we say, okay, yes, we agree that success is like an economic return, right? That requires our constant work, our constant achievement, our constant productivity. That means that things like rest and downtime and relaxation are instead seen as opponents of work of productivity and achievement. And instead what we've seen in our culture is that these things that are necessary for, for human operation, right? Like we need these things to survive are instead aligned with weakness instead of necessity. Time is my enemy, Celeste. Time. <laughs> Time. <is your> <laughs> I wish, I actually spoke to my wife today and I said, I'm going to campaign to have an eight day of the week introduced. I don't know what we call it. We call it for the day or something. But I want an extra day for rest because time is, and, and I know time is valuable. Your time is valuable. We only get 80 years in this world and your time is extremely mm-hmm. valuable. And I don't want to look back when I'm 80 and say I wasted an awful lot of time or I should have yeah. had more down. I should, I should be relaxing more. There's no doubt about that. I, I agree completely. Mm-hmm. And I should give up some of the hustle. But in saying that, so if you're going to give up all the hustling, which you did, you, you figured out mm-hmm. this hustling is not, this is not worth it. How are you making money, so? That is a good question. You gotta so eat. You gotta I, ease. <laughs> we, I do have to eat <laughs> for sure. So, my situation was a little bit unique, and when I share my story, it's not to say like, "Hey, this is how everyone should do it." I do think that something as complex as culture will require unique like solutions for every person. 
for my particular situation, I was very much conditioned from a young age to view success as like, okay, success means going to the best university I could possibly get into. From there, getting into the very best, highest paying job that I could possibly get into, working really hard and getting promotions, getting early promotions, like working at the best opportunities and the best part of the company, always the best, more and more, do more, do more, do more. Um, and what happened was that I kept working and working and working and pushing myself farther and farther and farther to where three years ago, I ended up having a mental breakdown. Oh gosh. Yes. And it was, it was a wake up call for me because well, well, sorry, doctor, I want to go back to that just a little bit. We can keep yeah. moving forward. But when you say you had a mental breakdown, what literally did it happen very quickly or did it happen over a period of time or, and how did that feel? What, how did that manifest itself? Yes. Well, at the time, it felt like it was happening suddenly, but really, this was an accumulation of years of constant chronic burnout and constantly pushing myself to the absolute max of my capacity, and instead of seeing that as like, oh, this is the maximum of my, cap- of my capacity, instead treating that as the bare minimum, and every single day, the, the lever resets to where like, okay, if I did level 10 yesterday, then tomorrow level 10 is the low is the is the lowest i can go i have to do more than that and then the next day it's like okay i hit level 12 all right now i'm starting at level 12 i have to do more than level 12 so it's this idea that like you constantly having you constantly have to do more and better and mm-hmm. if you if you're not constantly like one upping yourself every day then that is failure and that's not progress and when you and cra- and when, feel- when you crashed yeah. when you eventually crashed and mm-hmm. and you had that mental burnout. Um, mm-hmm. Did you end up then having to take a lot of time off? Was it really bad? Did you end up in hospital because of it? Or I almost did. That was that was the direction that I was headed in. Because even though I was like chronically burnt out, and I saw myself get to the point where it was like, I mean, I grew up in a, in a culture where I didn't know a lot about mental health education, so I wasn't able to see the signs. You know, I, I knew what burnout was, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm tired, but that makes sense. I'm, I'm working 24-7 every day of the week, you know, um, but I didn't know how serious it was or how serious it could be, and when what I noticed was like, it, it was terrifying. I thought I was having a stroke because all of a sudden, I my brain literally, like mental breakdown, that's literally what's happening to you. Like your brain just starts to break down because you physically don't have enough energy in your body to keep like critical functions of your brain working. Mm-hmm. And so your brain then has to be like, okay, you literally don't have enough energy here for me to keep all systems running. I have to make choices now to see what's not essential and shut those things down. Like that's, that's where you're at at that point. And so that's what I experienced where all of a sudden I was at work and I'd be in meetings with really big clients. And I I was working in the management consulting industry in Washington, D.C. I'd be in these meetings and my client would ask me a question and I could hear the question. I could understand the words that were being asked, but the part of my brain that like turned about those words into thoughts that I can then, you know, communicate a response to mm. was not working. I get so it. So it was like, I could mm. hear like, oh, Fletch, what do you think about this? And just I, I Yeah, I've been in, in that situation brain. when you're extremely tired and somebody's talking to you. And particularly if they're on the phone, I just get distracted. And then they'll say, sorry, did you hear what I just said? And I go, 
Um, sorry, say that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so, but that's the kind of feeling I get, you know, when I'm, I say I've done, you know, a really hard day's work at the end of the day when you're really tired, mm. where your brain mm. just doesn't want to answer. Yes, it just doesn't work. <laughs> no. and, and that was the thing was like, it was, it was more, it was like an extreme version of that where it was like, I wanted to respond. I wanted to provide an answer, but I literally could not think like the the processing language processing part of my brain was not working to where I couldn't re- provide a response even if I wanted to and so then I started having panic attacks because I was like I don't know why can't I communicate why can't I talk why am I struggling so hard to to even you know write things down like it became it was so much energy to even like write down my name on a piece of paper and I thought I was having a stroke, honestly. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I must have a brain tumor. Like, something's going on. Like, yeah, you thought it was a medical condition, terrible. of course. Yeah, yeah, Right, right. Because, of course, it wouldn't be a mental health thing. I didn't know anything about that. And so when I went to the doctor, she gave me probably the most terrifying news of my life. She was like, she did the whole med- mental health assessment, ended up talking to her for two hours. <laughs> and she said, she said, Celeste, I'll be real with you right now. She's like, if you don't change how you're working and how you're living your life, your life is going to be very, very short. So you're going to work yourself to death. Yeah. That's what she was telling me that I was on my way to working myself to death. Okay. And and a lot of people, and a lot of people do that because you're right. Mm -hmm. We, we are, I suppose we're kind of brainwashed into thinking that life is about work, make money, play. And, and and the more you work and the more money you make, the better the play is going to be. That that's what we're told. That's that's the isn't uh-huh. isn't that what we're kind of told? And most people believe that. And and you are right because sometimes your time is more precious, your time is more valuable than that, and your downtime should be more valuable than that. And you know, I'm absolutely I should be preaching from the pulpit here because I need more downtime. Absolutely need more downtime. I'd love more downtime, but I'm trying to so fulfill a dream. Of course. And so the question I would ask you is that what's on your plate right now, right? So you have things that you're so passionate about on your plate. If you know that you need more downtime, it's this mindset shift that like you probably will have so many more creative ideas for your podcast if you gave yourself an hour or two of extra downtime a week, even just starting with that. Mm. Because if we work more than 50 hours a week, our brain function already starts to plummet. More than 50 hours a week, our brain. Well, I I do more than 50 hours, that's for sure. Okay, so imagine if you gave yourself some extra downtime during the week where your brain is not focused on the work task and it is able to recover all of the ideas that would come to you through your podcast, that then that one or two hours of rest will, will extrapolate into all of these returns back for your podcast later on. Just because mm. you rested for a couple hours. Mm. It's so, just that little so, mindset shift. So back to you. So you changed mm-hmm. your life. And so, so, okay. So from that point, you said, okay, if I keep doing what I'm doing in this job in Washington, D.C., I'm going to die. I, I, need, <laughs> I, I need to change my life. So is that a kind of sit down with a notebook and start from scratch? Or, or just ring your boss and say, listen, I won't be in anymore. Bye. <laughs> what, what is, how does that work? Well, um, I was immediately put on medical leave because okay. I was very much not fit to work anymore. Okay. <laughs> if I was having trouble, you know, thinking and speaking. Um, and once I was on medical leave, it was like I no longer had that thing that was forcing me to keep going where like, oh, I have to show up for work. Otherwise, I'm going to get fired. 
And once that was taken away from me, it was like all systems crashed. I slept for 20 hours a day because my brain was so, so depleted and so, so undernourished that it required that much rest for me to just be able to slowly catch up. And so for, I was on medical leave for three months and for the majority of those three months, I was asleep. I'm not even joking. (laughs) And the the decision was, okay, well, you know, my, I'm, I'm half Spanish. So my family's in Spain. And if you're, if you're sleeping for 20 hours a day, I did not like that is uh, what a hundred percent of my capacity was spent towards was just sleeping and my brain doing its best to recover. So I wasn't able to, you know, feed myself and and clean and, and go get groceries and do all that other stuff. And so um, my doctor was like, okay, well, if you don't have any family nearby, you need to have someone who can look after you. So we'll have to check you into an inpatient program. Okay. Unless if you can, you know, get someone to, to come and help you out. And I was fortunately able to have my mom. She's the best. Hi, mom, if you're listening. Um, she flew across. Hi, the mom, ocean if you're listening. Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Hi, mom. She flew across the ocean to stay with me because I needed support with those types of things. Um, I ended up deciding after those three months, I was like, there's no way I'm even like close to getting back to ready because I was asleep. So I ended up deciding to leave my job. Um, and I was like, okay, cause in my head I was like, oh, you know, if I have a month off, I would be totally fine. <laughs> I will yeah. be recovered. I, was, I keep thinking go. that. I keep saying that myself and my wife, we're always saying things like that. We always say, it'd be great just to have a month off. Cause then you could recharge the batteries <laughs> and you'd be grand again. But that doesn't work like that because I did have three weeks off go back a while ago. And we went away for the three mm-hmm. weeks and it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And we enjoyed ourselves. Mind you, we did a lot of sleeping because we were so tired. But in saying, yeah. in saying, that, in saying that, I come back first few days. I was ready for action. Three days in, I was back <laughs> on the wheel again. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, of course. I know exactly what you mean. And I felt those same things because what I was doing in my life was not sustainable. And so burnout and that exhaustion that you're describing happens whenever we are spending more time, attention, and energy than we have the capacity to actually give. And so if that's happening, like where we're feeling, you know, like, oh, we come back from, you know, a nice vacation and three days in, we're already feeling that, that's a sign where it's like, uh uh-oh, the things that are on my plate are more time, attention, and energy than I actually have capacity for. And so you said something before, Niall, that was really interesting where it's like, okay, um, you have things that you really like and you know that you need more time for yourself. The Mm. question for you would be, okay, what are the things that you have in your life that do require your time, attention, and energy? And should all of those things really be there? Mm. Are all of those things really adding value to your life? Right? Yeah. So some things are financial, of course. You know, we all have to, you know. That's what I'm saying. You got to pay the bills, a mortgage, and electricity, and yeah, yeah. One of the things that happens a lot at work, and this is where I typically tell people to start when they're like, okay, anti-hustle culture, that sounds great. All right, how do I, where do I even possibly begin? The thing I I, uh, tell people, and this is like a corporate term, so maybe this this, um, sounds familiar, is check for scope creep in your life. Check for what scope? Scope creep. (laughs) Okay. So scope creep is whenever you sign up for a job, right, you sign a contract. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z things for you, and you're going to pay me this much money. Amazing. Let me sign my name. Yeah. Now, if you were to take note 
of all of the things that you do in a day or all of the things that you do in a week, list them all out, all the tasks that you do, and how much time all of those things take. Now go back to that contract, which is your scope of work that you are getting paid to do. And how many things are you doing and spending time on that are not actually on that list? A lot. Oh, Mm. my friend are hustling more than you need to. Because when you spend time, attention, and energy on things that you're not even getting paid to do, you are donating your time, attention, and energy for free. I'm a charity. (laughs) (laughs) And instead, that time, attention, and energy. But people do that because they feel a loyalty to their employer or their job. People do things like that, don't they? Yeah. They do. We dedicate a lot and donate a lot of our time, attention, and energy. And that's the thing about hustle culture is that unintentionally and not necessarily always maliciously, but it can be quite manipulative. Because, but but oh, if you well, don't, everyone, let's say your boss says to you, right? Now, now I'm not talking about me, right? But let's say your boss says to you, oh, by the way, before you wrap up there and go home this evening, you wouldn't just do us out those uh, weekly figures for last week or something like that. And you know that's going to take you till after five o'clock till maybe ten past five or something, quarter past five. So that's quarter quarter of an hour of your time, all right? And it's something that you don't normally do that somebody else in the office normally does, but your boss just needs it that day. You uh-huh. do it because you want to be cooperative. It, it's not be, it's not in your job title. You're not paid for that extra fifteen minutes, but you do it to be cooperative, I suppose, don't you? You do these things. Yes, we are humans, and so one of the things that makes us feel safe is social acceptance and and that validation from other people. So that cooperative is really like us as human biological beings, like searching for that, oh, you know, yes, of course, I will, you know, be a team player. I will contribute to this community. And what I would say to that person is you can, you can articulate in a way like, okay, hi, boss. Thank you so much. I can I can do this task for you, but something else has to come off my plate because this this type of task is actually more of Steve's and Steve's scope of work. He yeah. would be the right person to do that. Okay, I'll try that tomorrow. Say, I'll try that tomorrow. See how it works out. <laughs> you can try that, or you can be like, you know what, boss? I am happy to put those figures on my plate. I've got X, Y, and Z thing that I've also got right right now as well. Which one do you want me to take off? So that I can do this for you. Okay. Well, okay. No, no, I know. I get. What, I get what you're saying. And you, you know what? Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent right because time is the one thing that's valuable to us, and we shouldn't be giving it away willy nilly, as we say in this country. Uh, okay. So Celeste, back <laughs> to you again. So you, you narrowed down the work you were doing, and I know you're very popular on Instagram now. And we'll come to that in a few minutes too. So how are you? Back to the, the question, the burning question. How are you making money and having a reasonably life, nice lifestyle when you've narrowed or slimmed down the amount of work you're doing? Yes. So I am in process of figuring that out. And that's what we <laughs> talk about on my Instagram. Is, okay, how do I know? Like, I am subscribing to anti-hustle culture because I know I need it for my life. So how do I build this life for myself? And that's what I share day by day on my Instagram. And everyone can kind of follow my journey. But what I'm able to do right now is right now I am self-funding my (laughs) career break of sorts where I worked so much um, in Washington, D.C. that I wasn't actually able – I didn't have time to live life. And so I was making good money in D.C., but I wasn't able to spend it. 
So I had a lot of money left over that I couldn't spend on, you know, hanging out with friends or going out and going to dinners or going on trips, all of the things that people my age at the time were doing. And so I made the really seemingly insane choice to other people, but to me, it was not insane at all. I took all of my savings that I was putting up for a down payment on a home. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad I have this rainy day fund. And I'm glad that once upon a time, I decided to pay myself first and invest in myself. And now I'm going to use this for my health. So right now I am still living on that rainy day fund. Okay. Um, so your savings are paying for your food. Okay. Yes. My savings are paying for my medical expenses, are paying for my food. I also um, will totally acknowledge my privilege that I come from a family who wants to support me in this. And so they're currently housing me as well, which is a huge thing. See, now there's an advantage you have, Celeste. A lot of people don't have that opportunity. So when you listen to yes. Morgan, the guy that was on the air, we were actually talking about a different topic. We were talking about the minimum wage, right? But mm -hmm. he said he's been working for 30 years in jobs he hates, right? And, he's, mm -hmm. and he said, I've just finished a 12-hour. He started the conversation that when he heard him, I said, I've just finished a 12-hour day in a job I don't even like, right? But, and I said, mm -hmm. well, why are you in a job? I couldn't work in a job I didn't like, by the way. Whatever about my hustling, I mm -hmm. couldn't work in a job I didn't like. But the, he said he needs to do it for economic reasons. So he needs that job to pay his bills, mm -hmm. to pay his electricity. Someone to, he doesn't have somebody who's going to let them live in their house. So he, he needs to do that for his maybe his wife and family or whatever it is. I'm not too sure if he's married or he's got kids. I'm sure he has. Maybe he has. You know what I mean? So people just can't yeah. do what you're doing. It's easy to say, I'd love to do these things, and I would love to do what you're doing, Celeste. But it's not as easy as that, is it, for most people? Well, 100%. You know, when, whenever you have more access to resources, and that's what privilege is, like having more access to resources and more opportunities available to you, it's going to be so much easier and so much faster to be able to adopt something like anti-hustle culture or like any type of like belief system because you have more resources available to you. And that's actually one of like the biggest things I get back whenever I start talking about anti-hustle culture, the people who are unfamiliar with it, they're like, well, how do I make money? And then also I hear what I hear a lot is like, oh, this sounds like it's for privileged people. And for the people who are tight for time or money, I, the way I see it is that there's going to be different levels that you adopt depending on what socioeconomic level you're at, right? So for some people, that may just be like changing your mindset shift, your, your mindset, and also looking at scope creep in your life. Okay, maybe you're someone who you can't quit your job, right? And that's not something that's available to you, but you can give yourself more time, attention, and energy back by making sure that you're only doing what you're paid to do. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe... And that's fun. I don't know Morgan's situation, right. the guy that was on, but maybe he is doing stuff that he's not meant to be doing. Yeah, and maybe a making job work that, for Making work for himself, if you know what I mean. Unnecessarily. Yes, or accepting other people putting things on your plate that they shouldn't be doing, right? Mm. Because when I say... When I think um, of folks who are tight for time and money, it's... You're, it's going to require either radical solutions. So trade instead of the trading time for that money, you're going to have to get creative in terms of like how can you maximize an hour of your time or radical communication, right? So you have to be really in tune with what you need to be successful and also what that success looks like and, and communicate that to people and say, hey, boss, in order for me to do the best job and for, in order for me to help you, you need to help me. 
help me help you, you know? Who are the worst hustlers, by the way? Who are men or women? Which who are the, the worst at hustling? When I say the worst, they're doing more hustles. Is it men or women? Doing I, more hustles? I don't know. I don't know. I think that would be an interesting study. Um, but hustling, I would say, is, is a very like masculine dominant like perspective mm. and trait for sure. So women would do less hustling if they could find a man to do the hustling for them. <laughs> is, that what, <laughs> is that what you're That's trying to tell exactly me? Exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I think men would be just as happy to also rest and like take that time to themselves if they were able to. I'm only saying. Um, Right, right. <laughs> I'm not trying to be sexist for one minute here or misogynistic. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I would be quite happy if I could find a woman to do the hustling for me. <laughs> or if my wife would do all the hustling. She could do the hustling. Um, but I, I think we all, you know, because most Irish people, by the way, don't don't understand the word hustling as much as Americans do. Hustling to Irish people, mm. we, we call it nixers. Nixers? What, what are those? <laughs> That's a hustle. The hustle mixers. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever you're talking to an that. yeah, when you're talking to an Irish audience again, you 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 can refer to hustles as nixers. Now I know. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> N i x e r. So a nixer is when you're doing a say. Let's say for example, you're a plumber, and you're doing your mm-hmm. nine to five, but you're taking on you know extra work in the evenings and weekends, doing neighbors' mm-hmm. houses for fifty quid here and there. That's a nixer. Mm-hmm. They're nixers. Tax free. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you don't pay tax on nixers. Go. It's cash. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so I mean, you're on Instagram at the moment. People come on, and mm-hmm. they're looking for advice. So, what sort of questions are they asking you, or what sort of advice are they looking for? Yes, um, a lot of questions I get from um, girlies who are working in corporate jobs right now, and they are trying to figure out either how can they make a job that is burning them out more sustainable for them? So like, okay, how do I communicate this to my boss or how do I say no to this project when I'm already totally swamped? How do I, you know, get out of this team that is like completely toxic and it's unhealthy for me to be here. My boss is like, you know, a horrible boss. Like what do I do in these situations? Or they feel like they are just doing what everyone in life, told them that they are supposed to do and they absolutely feel so stuck and so miserable. They're like, okay, well, everyone told me that I needed to go to school and I needed to study this and I needed to get this job. And now for the next 40 years, I need to sit and stare at this computer screen for at least eight hours a day. And this is like unbelievable. And I just feel so lost in life. Yeah. And Right, right. We've we've all we've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. Right, or we're there right now, and it's figuring out like, okay, we can if we have a job that pays us fifteen dollars an hour because we need to have that fifteen dollars an hour. We need to first tell ourselves that it's possible to find an environment where we can get something out of it as well, besides just the money. Mm. So we can either have a healthy work environment. We have a good boss that can invest ourselves, that that can invest in ourselves for us. Um, We can be something that we enjoy. Like if we already believe like, oh, you know, I just need to put up with what's available because this is just the way that it is or this is just the way that it's always been done. We're already limiting a lot of our options. See, some people just, I suppose, lack confidence to change and move on. Well, you know, it's some people get. Yeah, I know it is. You kind of get stuck in a rut, and you think, "Will I take a chance and just leave and get another job that I prefer or I like?" 
um, and people are afraid to make that decision because yes. there's the security, even though the job is crap and you might, you know, it's awful, but you still are guaranteed a wage every week. You know you're not going to get mm-hmm. fired from it because, you know, everybody hates everybody else in the job anyway. So, you know, you're not going to get fired from it. So, but you could take a chance and get something a lot better where people are afraid to take that chance, aren't they? Yeah, it, it can be scary to take that chance, especially because what I think is unfortunate is that we don't have a lot of examples of what a what a positive or like what a healthy work environment can look like. So many of us are like shown on like TV and movies and the songs we listen to, you know, like we we're so conditioned to like, oh, you know, bad boss is this and, you know, my angry coworker this and you know all of these different situations where we're very used to just accepting those things and being like oh this is just the way that it is this is what work life is like and instead we're not really shown like oh well you know you could leave work with like 10 times less of a headache if you communicated this boundary to your boss that you really need to be successful and you could take way less time on this task and you know, complete the other things that you need on your plate with way less stress if you were able to, you know, communicate this to your coworkers or set yourself up for success in this way. So that's another thing that we talk mm. about a lot in our community is like, okay, what do we really actually need? Because that's not something that a lot of us have even asked ourselves before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, what was it? My mother used to always say, your needs are many, but your wants are few. Or was it the other way around? Was it the other way around? Your wants are few, your needs are many. That's probably the way it was. So there's so loads of questions, <laughs> by the way, coming in. Somebody said, how did she build a big rainy day fund? How did she save so much? Well, you did a good job, hadn't you, I suppose? Yes, I did have a, a decent job in Washington, D.C., but honestly, like, I was able to save a lot more than my peers at the job because I was just working so much. I, my only expenses were like rent, utilities, and then my student loans. I get you. So I was working so much at this job that they were also like, they had a thing where it was like, if you work more than like a 12 hour day, they will compensate certain meals. Um, And I was working at least a 12 hour day every day. Okay. So it was sometimes taken care of too. If people want to ask you all these questions, by the way, they can go onto your Instagram. How can they find you, by the way, if they want to go onto your Instagram? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at isn't she stellar, all one word. Isn't she um, stellar? Isn't she stellar? <laughs> at isn't she stellar on Instagram, or yes, of course, or on TikTok. Yeah, or on t- oh, you're on TikTok too. Which which is better, by the way? Which do you find better, Instagram or TikTok? Um, they're better for different things. Um, TikTok is way better for getting people to like meet you. Um, I've met so many people on there, and I have a much bigger like community on TikTok, we're um, a little over 8,000 there. Um, but on Instagram, it's so much better for what I love more, which is like real authentic, like face, like person to person, like communication and community. Like we have so much, like so many fun discussions. I respond to all the comments that I get there. I do the same on TikTok, but Instagram's mm. just a lot more community-based. To me, Instagram seems really to be saner like out of all the social medias. <laughs> Instagram is where the kind of sane, normal people go, isn't it? You know, when, when, the normal people. <laughs> all the crazy people go to Twitter. And then all the, young, the younger crazy people go to TikTok. 
Well, it depends how you define normal, Niall. Ah, well, none of it. There's no such thing as normality, really. We're all normal, really, in a funny kind of way. Anyway, if you want to go on, by the way, if you want to Google her, you can. It's Celeste Lizzie, which is spelled C-E-L-E-S-T-E-L-I-Z-Z-I-E. Uh, Celeste Lizzie. And I know she's kind of giggling the way I said Z-Z. We say Z here, not Z-Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I know that because I did go to a, um, a, a British international school and I did have some Irish friends at that school and they taught me this. <laughs> <laughs> the Z-Z. So but I know but... the Z and I also know the uh, H. Oh. oh yeah, and don't forget about by the way the Nixers. You must remember the Nixers. The Nixers, the most important. You thing. you got to make a TikTok <laughs> video about your hustling. But in Ireland, it's Nixers we're talking about here with the anti Nixer. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely talking to you, Celeste. Thank you very Thank much you indeed. So much. You're Thank so you welcome. Thank you for having me on. It's been so interesting too. Thanks very much indeed. I'm going to make some. I'm going to make some serious decisions tomorrow. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. There you go. Celeste Lizzie. Um, she's against the hustle culture. And you know what? She's probably bloody right, to be honest with you. She's absolutely right. It's a bit of a game changer for some people, that whole hustle culture, isn't it? And now Zoe is back there looking at me through the window. Zoe, are you a hustler? Do you hustle? Do you? Three jobs. Oh, my God. See, we're all hustling. Just all nixering and hustling and how do I make money? How do I make money? The more money I make, the better. Now, now. real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.